Saints Mission Church, we are so grateful to be spending this special time together celebrating our Savior's birth. As we always do, a Christmas Eve offering will be collected. This year's offering will benefit the Mission Food Pantry. As you arrive this evening, you received communion elements and a candle. Later in the service, we'll be participating in these special traditions that mean so much to us. In this untraditional year, our hope is to find solace in the truth that never changes. Take me back to eight years old, little church on a dead end road, with the candle flicker in one hand and dad's hand in the other. Take me back to silent night. My heart was full and the world was right. Cause right now the world looks nothing like those innocent Decembers. Now these days peace on earth is hard to find. And I need you to remind me one more time. You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the light when the world looks dark. You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the hope of my heart.
Traditional Christmas. In this untraditional year, we come again to remind ourselves of the tradition that never changes. We come again to this scene, the truest scene of all traditions, for what is a tradition but that which is true that is passed down from generation to generation. What do we find in this simple scene before us tonight? Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Crinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was great with child. And while they were there, the time came. The time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Friends, tonight we look once again upon the centerpiece of the Christmas story. And indeed, not only is it the centerpiece of the Christmas story, but it it is the entry point of divinity into human history itself. Tonight we reflect on the moment when it all changed. Darkness, 400 years of darkness to be exact gave way to light. Soon doubt would bow to hope. Despair would turn to joy and conflict. Whether it wants to or not, will ultimately surrender to peace. Why? Everything changed, and it all commenced in a baby's cry. For those of you who've had this experience, for those of you who have been in this moment, when a baby takes its first breath, is there a more remarkable moment in all of the world? I remember when my oldest son was born. I remember what felt like an eternity. It seemed like you waited forever for him to take that first breath. As I held my breath, I waited for him to take his. And finally, when he took it, what came out but the loudest, the fiercest, dare I say, even a hair-curling cry, but even as Fierce as that cry was, something about it assured me that everything was going to be all right. Friends, there's something about a baby's cry. 
And tonight we're reminded of this baby's cry. This baby's cry indeed changed everything. This baby's cry set in motion the plan that would make all things right. For when this baby cried, the angels came low. The shepherds rose up. Time stood still. And indeed, the kings then and the kings to come will all bow before the one who cry. When you stop to think about it, the cry of the baby is the very moment that holds it all together. The centerpiece of the Christmas story found here. Why? Because when this baby took his first breath, the hope of the prophet was fulfilled. 700 years prior to this, it was promised that a virgin would give birth, she would conceive, and she would give birth to this one. Verse 6 of Luke chapter 2. And while the time came, and while the time came, what was the time? Technically, we know it was time for the Messiah to be born. But theologically, we know this. The time came. The time was the fullness of time. Galatians chapter 4, we read, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that he, we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. You see, friends, Christmas, Christmas reminds us that God's word is true. Christmas reminds us that God always keeps his promises. For if a promise 700 years old was fulfilled in the baby's cry, all the rest soon will be as well. But the Messiah's coming was unlike anybody thought it would be. The Messiah's entry point into human history was different. It wasn't as anyone else could have planned it. And I think the way 2020 has unfolded, it's helpful for us to be reminded, church, is it not, that I don't believe Christmas night unfolded the way even Mary and Joseph would have hoped. For here in this scene, what do we see? Two teenagers exhausted and weary. Remove the porcelain smiles from these and what do we have? Two teenagers exhausted and weary from a long and treacherous journey. Likely sad and discouraged by the lack of empathy and the rejection that they were feeling. Perhaps they were overwhelmed and completely confused. After all, it was a glorious scene when the angel arrived, but here they are in a stable stall, laying the Messiah in a manger. But somehow in it all, they still found hope. Somehow through it all, the scriptures make clear. Hope is found here. And hope was found on this most holy of nights. Friends, would you stand with us now and sing this song that reminds us of just the kind of night that this must have been.
You may be seated. And so the babies cry. Indeed, when he took his first breath and let out his cry, the hope of the prophets was fulfilled. But you know what happens next. You know the story so well. Out in the fields, the shepherds watching their flocks by night. The angels appear. I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be for all the people. I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be for all of the people. Come on, friends. What's the source of joy? You ask any mom and dad, and they will tell you there is just something again about this moment. The moment of a baby's arrival is like none other. No matter what mom and dad have endured up until this moment at that first cry, joy floods the soul. And indeed, here at this baby's cry, the angel's joy was revealed. The baby's cry brought joy to Mary and Joseph, for sure. But the same baby's cry, we sing it each and every year. Do we not? Joy to the world. Why? Because this was good news for who? The angel said it was good news for all of the people. At the baby's cry, it brought joy to Mary and Joseph. It brings joy to all of the world. But friends, tonight, we desire for you to leave with your heart flooded with joy at this baby's cry as well. From when you come to recognize why this baby came, when you come to realize who he grows to be and what he accomplishes on your behalf, the baby's cry in its own way brings us to our own tears of joy. Why? Because there's something about this baby's cry. For in this baby's cry, it's a cry of whosoever will may come. It's a cry for all of the faithful, for those who see, for those who hear, for those who understand to come once again and sing of what? The coming of the Son of God. O come, all ye faithful, and sing. Let's stand together and sing once again.
be seated. Hope, joy. Now the part. Swaddling cloths. Verse 7. She gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and she laid him in a manger. God really go to all this trouble for some lowly shepherds to have a sign? I mean, that's what the angels said. You'll find this sign. A baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Really? 
I say yes. I say yes. God went to all of this trouble for the lowest of men to have a sign. And if he did it for them, indeed, he's done it for us. Romans chapter 8 says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Have you been called? He arranged it all. Our God is still at work even in these very moments and the circumstances of this year of our lives and this day right now, tonight. Our God is still at work bringing all of the details together to draw men and women, children to himself. Did God arrange all of this? To bring wonder to the shepherds that they might find peace? Luke chapter 2, verse 16 says, They went in great haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Indeed, God did it for the shepherds, and I believe with all of my heart tonight, friends, he desires to do it for you as well. They heard the Savior's cry. He allowed the shepherds to come and see, not only to come and see, but to come and hear, and they left with the cry of the baby resonating in their souls as they went. They heard the cry. The cry that brought them just as it does to each and every one of us who were willing to receive it, wonder and peace. Tonight in these next moments, I want to invite you to listen to the song that Cynthia is going to sing. And consider the peace. Take these moments, how brief they may be from your hurry of this season. And consider the wonder and the peace that's found in the baby's cry.
Prophets hope, angels joy, shepherds wonder. All found in the baby's cry. Luke chapter 2, verse 7, let's read it again. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Now this line, because there was no room for them in the end. Listen to the phrase again. Because there was no room for them in the end. You see, when you come to understand who this baby actually is, this might be the most perplexing line in the entire Christmas story. For how can it be that the creator of all things, the creator of all creation, had no place how is there no room in the very creation that this child created on this night no room friends I think in this one line is one of the clearest pictures of divine, of eternal love that we find in the entire Christmas story. I mean, stop and think about it. Where was Jesus before he took his first breath this night? Christmas reminds us that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, left the throne of heaven to dwell with us. The Apostle Paul said it like this. Jesus Jesus emptied himself. Jesus left the throne room of heaven by taking the form of a servant, by being born in the likeness of men, but that wasn't all. Not only did he come in human form, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Friends, this is the love of the baby's cry. 
You see, for a good person, some might even dare to die. But Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says this, But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Even while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. While we were still sinners, Jesus died. The full story of Christmas is found right here in the baby's cry. Why? Because in this baby's cry, in this cry of love, this cry that rang out from here, it is a cry that would eventually give way to a cry that would be cried from this cross of Calvary. You remember the cry from here? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The baby's cry one day would be this cry. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But even that cry from the cross, couldn't that have been the same? Couldn't the same not have been said of here? Father, forgive them, for they don't know who they're casting to the side. Father, forgive them, for they don't know who they're banishing out to a stable stall. Father, forgive them, for they just don't know. could be, it was said from the cross. It could have been said of this night, but indeed, friends, couldn't it also be said here? For indeed, in the midst of the circumstances of this year, 2020, have, have we allowed the circumstances of this year to kind of push our Savior to the side? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do, but indeed for those of us who know Christ, Father, forgive us because we do know what we do. But still the baby came. But still Jesus lived his perfect life. And still Jesus died his painful death. Friends, and this is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Think about this sentence again. God gave his only son. God gave his only son born of a virgin. That's the prophet's hope. God gave his only son born in a modest town of Bethlehem. That, my friends, is the angel's joy. God gave his only son wrapped in swaddling cloths, laid in a manger, because that's the shepherd's peace. Our God gave his only son, born in a borrowed manger, and that's his love. And how is it, friends, that a borrowed manger communicates the love of God? You see, a borrowed manger communicates the love of God. Why? Because I believe the borrowed manger is a foreshadowing of another borrowed resting place where our Savior would lay. Friends, how could it be that the Son of God, the Savior of the world, would not only lay in a borrowed manger, but he would also be crucified, died, and buried in a borrowed tomb? The only explanation is the cry of love. 
Friends, this is love. Greater love hath no man than this, than he would lay down his life for his friends. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Why did he come? First Peter Chapter 2, verse 24 says this, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. Friends, this is the Christmas story. From cradle to the cross, Jesus came. From a borrowed tomb, from a borrowed cradle to a borrowed tomb. And so... Communion has become a tradition that we've grabbed onto on Christmas Eve because this is the full story of the baby's cry. On your way in, I trust that you receive some communion elements. And I would encourage you even now to begin to open them. Notice that there are two seals on those elements. You want to open the very top one, the thinnest one, which will open up a small wafer. If you open the bottom one, you'll have now the juice, and that will just be okay. Friends, you know what's amazing to me? Is that the baby who was laid in a feeding trough would be our very bread of life. That this baby who came and was laid in a feeding trough would be the very bread of life. And then at the end of his life, he would take the bread at the supper before his disciples and he would break it. And he would say, this is my body, which is broken for you. You see, even now as you hold this wafer in your hand. I want you to be reminded of this. Communion is for those who understand, who've heard the baby's cry and understand that Jesus came and lived a perfect life and died on this cross to save you from your sins. These elements that you're about to partake in are meaningful to you if you understand that that piece of wafer symbolizes Jesus's broken body, that he died for your sins. And so communion is a time of contemplation. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you're unsure about communion, it is totally okay for you to wait for another time. But there's a much better pathway to take, in my humble opinion, and that's this. Right where you sit, no one needs to convince you perhaps that you would know that somewhere in your life you've done something wrong. The Bible says this, for the wages of doing that wrong thing is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says if you confess of your sins and you've asked Jesus to forgive you, that he will. For if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And so right where you are, just as the baby cried, you can cry from your heart and you can cry and say, Lord, I want to believe. Forgive my sins. I trust you tonight. Oh, on this Christmas Eve, how the angels would rejoice at that cry. 
It's a time of celebration. It's also a time of contemplation. Can you think of all that the Lord has brought you through this year? I know it wasn't easy. I know a lot of you bring a lot of emotions with you into this moment, but here you hold these elements in your hand and you're reminded of what matters most. And for those of us who've heard the babies cry and who've trusted Christ, say thank you right now. And so on the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. Take of it in remembrance of me. And so now, friends, you can open up that second seal on your communion elements. The passage goes on to say this. Now in the same way, he took the cup. He took the cup after supper and said this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Take of this cup, and as often as you drink it, you will do so in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until So, Father, tonight we thank you for the baby's cry. We thank you for the perfect life that he lived and for the work that he accomplished on the cross of Calvary for each and every one of us. Father, our minds are blown in some respect to think of how he went from a borrowed manger to a borrowed tomb, but, Lord, they're both empty. We're grateful that our Savior rose from the dead that he now sits at the right hand of you, our Father. And God, we just tonight desire to declare Christmas hallelujahs to him. And so we do. And so we worship. And so we sing. But we praise the one. We praise the name of Jesus, the one who came on Christmas night. So 
So tonight, as we consider the baby's cry, the line of the song that we're about to sing, radiant beams from thy holy face. Radiant beams. Radiant beams that shine into a dark world. Isaiah chapter 9 says this. 
The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so Yeah, would you just play through that one more time?
There's just some moments in the year that you wish wouldn't end. But tonight, even as we've sung Silent Night, even as you stare at the flame in your candle, we're reminded of the words of Jesus. For those who've heard the cry, for those who've received the work of Jesus, for those whom the Lord has called him to himself. We are the light. Jesus said this, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. Why? Because it gives light in all in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so tonight, friends, In the baby's cry, I trust Mission Church that you would have been reminded tonight that in the baby's cry, we hear that you are loved. As he lived his perfect life, as he went to the cross and died for us and rose again, even as he said to his disciples, go ye therefore into all the world, you have been sent. So let us let our light shine. That people see our good deeds, that they may glorify our Father who is so as we bring this year to a close and we look to the next one to come, may we let our light shine that our God would be glorified in all that we do. Amen? Amen. Merry Christmas, friends. You may blow out your candles. Well, on behalf of Mission Church, our elders, our pastors, and our entire team, we want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. We love you, church. Have a wonderful and Merry Christmas and a good night.